Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. Coming to you from Istanbul, Turkey. It is quite a time difference, which is why I haven't been doing too many videos recently. I was in Portugal. It's a little bit easier, but here in Istanbul, it's three hours later than Portugal, which is eight in, in, in total. It's eight hours later than East Coast time. So right now for me, it's 540 p.m. But uh, more to the point, as you can imagine, as someone who's obsessed with with macro and inflation and deflation, all the things we talk about on this channel. When I started cruising around Istanbul yesterday, one of the main things I wanted to talk to people about is how they're coping with the consumer price inflation. Now, many would call this hyperinflation. I don't know that I'd go that far. But uh, according to the official government statistics, their inflation rate is maybe 60 or 70% per year. Now, I think the unofficial number would be quite a bit higher than that, just like the United States, maybe 100, 120%. Uh, so it's not technically hyperinflation, but for from the standpoint of an American or someone in the Eurozone or Australia or Canada, that, that would be... Uh, relative to what they are accustomed to, I guess that would be hyperinflation. So, you know, I was fascinated by this and I took a tour yesterday. Uh, I hired a private guide from the, the hotel and this gal was probably about 30 years old. She just got married and her and her husband were both tour guides and uh, definitely would be considered kind of middle class in uh, Istanbul. And uh, so kind of in, an, in a roundabout way, I about an hour or two into the tour, which by the way, was fantastic. If you haven't been to Istanbul, you have to put it on your list. I mean, Portugal was impressive. Lisbon was cool. The coast was amazing. Porto was, from a historical standpoint, was, was really incredible. But Istanbul is on a completely different level. Um, when you go down and look at those churches and mosques, and the stuff they built here in like 500 or 600 AD, and then uh, the Ottoman Empire when they came in and took over and the things they built, it's just absolutely staggering. And you really can't understand what you're missing until you actually come and see it face to face. Like nothing I can do can prepare you for the magnitude of the history and the structures and the, the city itself. It's you just have to put on your bucket list. That's the bottom line. But getting back to the inflation. So in an indirect way, I was kind of asking the gal, okay, so I noticed when I booked the tour, they priced it in, this is me talking to her. I noticed that when I booked the tour, they priced it in euros instead of Turkish lira. I said, you know, is that common? And are you being paid in euros? Are you being paid in dollars? And then, so she said, no, they price it in euros for the tourists. And uh, so they can understand a little bit better. And I say, okay, well, how do you get paid? And she said, well, I get paid my salary in Turkish lira. And I said, okay, so then what happens when you have savings uh, with the inflation rate? You know, the, and they're well aware. You know, as soon as you say inflation, they're like, yeah, I get it. Like, like you don't have to. Ex like, if you went to an average Joe and Jane on the street in the United States and said inflation, they may or may not be like right on top of the topic but here pretty much everyone i talk to regardless of you know their economic sophistication that as soon as i said inflation like oh yeah you know price is going up what are you doing about it 
And uh, pretty much everyone I talked to had a specific game plan, which really was uh, consistent with this gal that I was talking to. So I'm kind of using her as a proxy. And I said, so when you get your savings in Turkish lira, I would assume that you don't want to keep it because it, those lira are, are losing value fast. She said, absolutely they are. So I said, well, what do you do? She goes, well, we do three things. We either, we immediately take the lira and transfer it to something else. And she says, we either transfer it into dollars, into euro, or into gold. And she said that they've got some financial institution here that she works with that allows you to just deposit the money directly in there. And then you basically turn your deposit account into grams of gold. I don't know if they store it or you know, kind of how it works. But she said she does one of those three things. She immediately puts the uh, money into euros, dollars, or gold. Uh, doesn't put it into Bitcoin. I asked a few people about Bitcoin. And although they know about it, uh, I think a lot more people here on average, as far as a percentage uh, of the population, maybe that's a better way of saying it, uh, know about Bitcoin, but not too many people were that I talked to at least, and obviously it's a small sample size, but not many people were actually using Bitcoin. Although I, I tweeted out today that I saw a couple jewelers and gold dealers down by the big bazaar they have with a sign in the front saying that they accept Bitcoin. So I thought that was, but it's really kind of Gresham's law playing out right in front of your eyes in real time. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Gresham's law, it's just where the the, the bad money chases out the good money. So meaning, uh, I mean, using this in the context of the United States, we go back to the Civil War. And in 1862, they instituted the Legal Tender Act, which was the United States saying, okay, now we can print these green pieces of paper. And by law, you're going to have to accept them. So people said instead of, or, or in addition to gold coins, and people said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll do what you want us to. But now what we're going to do is we're just going to hoard all of these gold coins. We're not going to spend those. We're just going to spend the, the green pieces of paper that you're issuing. And then what happened is the, 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 the actual gold value in terms of the green pieces of paper went up significantly, as you can imagine. Although what, you know, that, that one gold coin, let's just say it was an ounce. It wasn't, but let's just say it was an ounce, was a dollar. Uh, that gold coin, the face value is still a dollar, but yet the melted down gold value of it was $100 or $200 or something. I don't know the exact numbers, but you guys get the, the concept. So you see the exact same thing here in Turkey. And I was kind of tweeting out the, what my experience was. And I noticed Raul Paul with Real Vision uh, commented on the tweet because he just got back from Argentina, where they're suffering from significant inflation as well. And he said that his experience was pretty much identical. And so I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, what people are doing is they are, well, the, the good money in this case, dollars and euros and gold, and then the Turkish lira is the bad money that's chasing out the good money. So they're hoarding and saving dollars, lira, gold, but they're using the Turkish lira from a standpoint of transactions. And uh, a lot of goods and services, obviously most goods and services are so priced in lira, although I noticed when you're kind of dealing in cash uh, under the table, if you will, the, the the prices were denominated in either dollars or euros, and then you would pay in dollars or euros. 
So it's it's like you kind of see this transition of, of the free market, regardless of what the government wants them to do. The free market is starting to gravitate towards dollars and euros, even from a standpoint of of transaction and pricing. But as of right now, the majority of the transactions and pricing done in Turkish lira. So what people have chosen to do as a as a solution, which makes a lot of sense, is they've basically taken their their money and they have split it into kind of two components. The so if you think about the purpose of money or the two main purposes, let's say, it would be a uh, medium of exchange and then it would be a store of value. So ideally that would be one and the same. Whether it was let's say the dollar, you know, we we ideally it would maintain its value. <laughs> if your expenses are denominated in dollars, it really hasn't done that, but you guys get what I'm saying. So to solve that problem, the Turkish people have said, okay, well, we need a medium of exchange and we need a store of value. We'd like them to be one and the same, but since they're not, we'll just use whatever's easiest for the medium of exchange and then whatever's best for the store of value. And so you kind of have this split where they're using Turkish lira mostly for just a medium of exchange. And then they're using dollars, euros, and gold as a store of value. And it seems to be, you know, it's kind of their solution. And I come here and there's, uh, I'm sure, you know, like always with inflation, the poor and middle class are really suffering. And uh, the people that I spoke with, their biggest complaint was rent and real estate prices. They said that, that that's gone up to such a degree that it's very difficult for kind of the average Joe and Jane to pay their rent right now. Even the gal that was, you know, kind of maybe middle class or maybe even upper middle class that was my tour guide. Uh, even she said that she's really concerned about the next time her lease expires, because when they renew their lease, she knows that the price in Lira is going to go up uh, significantly. And they're trying to figure out you know, how they're going to afford it. Uh, she said she told me that they're considering kind of moving to a different area where the rents are a little cheaper. That's a little more inconvenient for their job, but it's something that's far more affordable. So not to say that the inflation is not impacting the people. It absolutely 100 percent is. But it, it's not like a scene that you would imagine from like Venezuela, where people are like running around trying to uh, you know, chase dogs to put food on the table as horrific as that sounds it's you know i'm sure was a reality for a lot of venezuela for a few years there so you know i think as americans that don't have any boots on the ground intel here haven't been here you may think that it's like that you know where people are are just starving to death in the streets and although it's not great here you, you still see it's it's pretty much from what I can tell, it's kind of business as usual, and there's still tourists here. It still seems to be functioning, um, all, although in a way that's definitely suboptimal for the poor and middle class because their wages, even if they can save gold, euros, and dollars, they can't. They don't have any savings because what they had got wiped out. They didn't have those three things, and they're not able to save anything from their monthly income because their income probably hasn't kept pace with the rate of inflation. Therefore, their real wages have gone down. And their purchasing power has gone down significantly to where at the end of the month, they don't have any money to save. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as 
Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So uh, also, um, in thinking through kind of Gresham's law, the Turkish people, the Colombian people, the Venezuelan people, um, maybe less so the Venezuelan people because they had capital controls and whatnot. They had a lot of restrictions that the Turkish people, from what I can see, don't have, or the Colombian people for that matter. But uh, at least when they're going through this process of Gresham's law, they have good money. I think Americans and Europeans are at a massive disadvantage here when you look at their situation through this lens exclusively. What I'm referring to is if you're Turkish, you can save dollars. And those dollars, although this sounds crazy to an American, because your dollars have lost so much value relative to goods and services over the last, let's say, year, year and a half, the dollars that they're keeping, oddly enough, are are actually a store of value, meaning the dollars they are saving, or euros, are pretty much keeping pace with the price of goods and services. So they're maintaining their purchasing power. And gold, obviously, has done very, very well in terms of uh, Turkey. In fact, gold has done it has increased its purchasing power in pretty much everything other than dollars. And now that you know, we see it kind of catching up going over 1900. But uh, in terms of, you know, Turkish goods and services, Colombian goods and services, Japanese goods and services, gold has not just uh, been an inflation hedge, but it, I think it would, it has exceeded uh, the rate of inflation done very, very well. So, but my point there is the Turkish people, the Colombians, they, or the Argentinians maybe, they have an alternative. They have good money that they can transition into that at least over the last year and a half has kept pace with the goods and services that they buy. In other words, it's maintained its purchasing power. But if you're an American, you, you what's your option? You say, oh, George, well, gold. Okay, yeah, gold, that's that's one. But um, it, it, And it's caught up, like we said. But as of a month or two ago, it was, uh, you, you You might not have maintained your purchasing power. If you're just, and I understand over decades and whatnot, you always maintain your purchasing power, almost always. And we're just looking at a short time frame. But, um, you know, what do you do if you're an American? You say, well, Bitcoin. Okay, well, again, maybe over the long run, but shoot, over the last year, Bitcoin's down 60%, something like that. So definitely did not maintain your purchasing power if you're looking at that specific window of time and if you're an american you you just really had nowhere to run there, there was no gresham's law <laughs> you just have to kind of bend over um for the americans and europeans where their expenses are actually denominated in the money or the currency that everyone else is fleeing to and again the problem there is that it doesn't solve the problem for Americans and Europeans like it does for the Turkish, the Colombians, and the Argentinians. Because your expenses, your dollars are losing value relative to goods and services, where again, 
in those other examples I gave, their dollars would be maintaining their purchasing power, if not increasing, relative to the local goods and services because their local goods and services are denominated in a different currency. So then I, I think it, if you're trying to answer the question, well, what will the dollar do? You know, let's talk about DXY, dollar relative to other fiat currencies because everyone you know, says that, that we're de-dollarizing. You know, the world is de-dollarizing. We, we listen to Zoltan and, and other people out there saying the world is de-dollarizing. Well, maybe at a government level, I see that potentially and in some industries, but it's definitely not de-dollarizing at the retail level. It's definitely not, <laughs> it's not de-dollarizing when you're talking to my tour guide. <laughs> it is, it is uh, dollarizing uh, at a very fast rate. So the interesting question for me is what would cause that to change? In other words, what would create an environment where the dollar was actually losing purchasing power relative to goods and services in Turkey, Argentina, Colombia? I don't know. That that that's I don't know. Uh that maybe it's just about interest rate differentials. So maybe if the Turkish central bank jacked rates to 100% or whatever it would require and the fed takes rates down to uh you know 0% maybe that uh will do it uh i don't but it's something i think we should be thinking through uh regardless of whether you're a dollar bear or a dollar bull as it pertains to other fiat currencies and then i guess the other question would be if you are an american if you are a European, and you assume that the 2020s is going to be an inflationary decade, you know, how do you maintain your purchasing power? Because you don't have a dollar to go into. You, you can't transact in dollars and then save in Turkish lira, <laughs> right? Or it might not be a good idea. I guess you could, but it might not be a good idea. You can't. So, you, you know, you don't have that option that these other people have that you can transact and price things in one currency, medium of exchange. And then have another currency that you can just uh, that you can collect very easily that is a quote unquote store of value. Now, of course, setting aside gold, we've got gold for sure. And then you could say uh, maybe Bitcoin or silver or something like that. Uh, but but even the biggest Bitcoin bulls would have to admit there's a lot of volatility there. And uh, although that may work itself out uh, over time, I think that's a debate in and of itself. But even if it if you're you believe it's going to work itself out over time due to adoption, um, okay, it's 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 tough for people in the mainstream to adopt with all that volatility. So you kind of have like this chicken and egg type thing. But as of right now, I think the vol is so high. I, I don't know that a lot of people are just going to immediately turn to that. And if they are, why haven't they already? So um, I think you just, for right now, and that again may change in the future if the volatility decreases with Bitcoin. Uh, but right now it's just kind of gold. That's just, that, that, that's your Gresham's law. That, that's your good money option. Outside of that, I, I don't know anything else. I mean, you could say maybe real estate, or maybe commodities, but as far as just actual quote unquote money, I, I think that's it. And that's, um, I think something that all of us are gonna have to wrestle with over the next decade, or at least the 2020s, is is you know if we're right now the inflation rate in the United States, as stated, is 6.5 percent. You guys know darn well it's probably 10, 12, uh, depending on what what you're buying. So it, we're we're not in that Turkish range right now, 
Um, it doesn't mean that we won't be in three or four years. I mean, who knows? The inflation rate in the United States could be 60%, especially if we have a central bank digital currency. Uh, you just, we, we can't know for sure. Um, so let's just assume for a moment we put ourselves in a hypothetical where we are experiencing the same thing that Turkey is experiencing in terms of inflation, or let's just say it goes up to 20, 30, 40%. I mean, what, what are you going to do, right? What's going to be your good money in the Gresham's law equation? Um, because you don't have as many options as the Turkish people, assuming you're European or, or in the United States, especially in the United States, because the Europeans might have an option for, for dollar, but I don't know that the I mean, are Americans really going to have the option of, of euros? Maybe, but yeah, I guess that's a whole another debate in and of itself. But I think this is something that uh, Americans especially need to kind of think through right now. So uh, if you get to that point, you've got uh, some, you've got your watch list, you know what I mean? Or you've got your plan of attack. So it's not like reactionary. And you set that up in advance. You know, that's another thing that I was going to say that I, that I thought through. And just being here helps me think of other things that I otherwise would not have, which I'm grateful for. And one thing that uh, being here brought to my attention is that fewer people, I think, are getting hurt here in Turkey uh, than they would in the United States under the same conditions. Now, I'm not saying that the Turkish people are, are, are you know, their economy is booming or on fire. I'm not saying that at all. And obviously this inflation is devastating. The poor and middle class here in Turkey, there's no doubt about that. But I'm saying in the exact same environment in the United States, I think it would be much, much, much worse. Why is that? Because in countries like uh, Turkey or countries, especially like in South America, People are very accustomed to this. They're, they're, <laughs> this is par for the course. I mean, they're just, they just assume their currency is going to lose 20% of its value every single year. That's just what currency does. <laughs> so if it goes from 20% up to 100%, it's like, eh, who cares? It doesn't even really, eh, all right, cool. So I think they're far better prepared for extreme high rates of inflation because they've dealt with inflation their whole life and then maybe their parents and their grandparents so for them it's like again i'm, I'm not saying it's optimal and it's it crushes the poor middle class but i think it would have a much bigger impact on americans because we don't know how to deal with this like we we understand the 70s but that's so far removed i mean what, what's your game plan there i mean think of the average american that you know your friend and family member fred and just think if uh over the next two years the United States had just 30 or 40% inflation. They'd, they'd get smoked. They'd get, they'd get completely wiped out. Well, maybe not completely because their house and other things, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, they, they would, that, that would be a, a right hook from Mike Tyson. Um, but if they had experienced this and your grandparents and your, uh, and your parents, uh, you know, most of the Americans that, had their wealth would have it in something that was a hedge they'd have a, basically they'd have far less of their net worth in cash dollars or in in bonds or something like that and so that's another reason why uh, as americans or europeans who have not really had to deal with inflation and have just lived pretty much grown up their adult lives in an environment of disinflation i think that's why for them especially this 
should be on their radar and they should be looking at Turkey. They should be looking at Argentina. They should be looking at Colombia and saying, how is it that those people survived? And not only survived, but a lot of people thrive. Again, if you go out here where I was yesterday in Old Town or the main square or going up to the financial district or anything like that, it, it's I understand that the economy is not running on all eight cylinders and people are really feeling the pinch, but it's not, it isn't a hellscape. It's not like a, it's not like Mad Max, which I think is what a lot of parent, a lot of Americans would expect if they came to Istanbul right now. It's just, it, it seems business as usual. It's just, everyone's out, the BMWs are driving by, the Mercedes, the taxis, the it just it seems to be business as usual. There's not people running around screaming naked with their hair on fire, chasing dogs and cats for dinner and, uh, you know, waiting for you at the airport to kidnap you. And yeah, which, which honestly, I think is what most Americans would assume. They would assume that they're landing in Afghanistan or you know, uh, just Afghanistan which, with a bunch of really cool history. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's the main message. That's the, the boots on the ground Intel here from Istanbul and a lot of things that we can learn from other people. Uh, if you're American or European, or maybe, uh, if you haven't grown up in an environment of inflation on how you can protect yourself moving into the rest of the 2020s, which most like, you know, we'll see disinflation. We may even see deflation, but I think overall, uh, the majority of the decade will be an environment of inflation, consumer price inflation. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Uh, as always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.